הרי אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים של ערן ולכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שוכני עפר הקדוש משבא ארץ המה. ובבחינת רבנו הקדוש צדיק יסוד עולם נחל נובע מקור חוכמה רבנו נחל נפגע בן שמחה נח נח נחמן נחמן מאומן זכותו תגן עלינו ורצון אמן. בעזרת השם, today we do two lessons, two תורות, תורה קט"ז ותורה קי"ז, 1.16 He spoke with some distinguished figures over there. Who came from, the, from these countries here in Eastern Europe. And they settled and made their permanent, uh, and they settled permanently in the land of Eretz Yisrael and lived over there. Come for some as is known. And they told him. Before they were in the land of Israel, they were not able to picture or to, to picture in their minds. They weren't able to picture to themselves that the land of Israel stands in this world. They thought Eretz Yisrael was a completely different world entirely. Because of the great extent of holiness in which Eretz Yisrael is described in, in all the books. And it's explained in our holy Torah the awesome greatness of the holiness of Eretz Yisrael many, many times. And the Torah itself specifies It specifies all the boundaries of the land of Israel on account of its loftiness and its tremendous holiness and awesome level. Therefore, they were not able to, de- to, to design in their head, to picture in their heads, in their own eyes, uh, that Eretz Yisrael stands in this world, that it existed in this world. Until they got there and they saw that Eretz Yisrael was literally in this world. Because the, tr- the truth is, Eretz Yisrael is literally like our countries in Eastern Europe. And the soil of Eretz Yisrael looks and appears like the soil of our countries here also. Because that which people bring sometimes white earth from Eretz Yisrael and bring it back to these countries, this is only in certain places. And behold, we see in our countries also we, f- we see white earth and uh, dust of, uh, of nature in, and in many different places over here as well. But the, just the primary earth of Eretz Yisrael is literally like our earth. Because the truth is, in image and in picture, there is absolutely no difference between Eretz Yisrael and other countries, as if to say. But nonetheless, its holiness is so, so high. In the, with the utmost, highest holiness. And it's tremendously awesome, Rabbanu says. It's beyond comparison. Happy is he even who walks just four amot uh, cubits over there. As the Chachamim extolled. And also all the other books, all the other books, the holy chachamim, they extolled about the awesome and intense holiness 
and the greatness and awesome holiness of Eretz Yisrael. Maybe we have the merit to get there, Bezrat Hashem, very soon. Rabbeinu told us this. Because this is um, needed in many different areas. This idea is needed in many different areas. Which people's misapprehensions leave them perplexed. Because there are those who mistakenly think that people need to recognize the tzaddik or another thing in holiness to recognize from his face or his image or his appearance that he should be especially and distinctive in appearance. Meaning, people think that when they come to a tzaddik he should be especially different, he should look different, he should feel different. But the truth is it's not so at all. Because the tzaddik looks and he has the appearance and form of all the other people. And he has no difference at all. But nonetheless, he's a completely different idea entirely. And if you want to go to the truth of truths, if you want to delve deep into the truth, all other people have, are not even close to the image of the tzaddik. The Rabbanu says that a simple, upright man, it seems he walks with his innards and his subtleties like other people. But nonetheless, he's in a completely different idea. You cannot even compare him to others. And the same is true of Eretz Yisrael that truthfully, it's completely separated, completely different, entirely different from all the other lands with all its elements in all its aspects. That the land of Eretz Yisrael has a different firmament than all the other lands. But nonetheless, in physicality, according to the way a person's eyes sees the physicality of the world, we can't see it different between Eretz Yisrael and other lands. Unless a person really merits to believe in the holiness of Eretz Yisrael. When you merit to believe in the holiness of Eretz Yisrael, meaning that even though you don't see it, you still choose to believe that there is a difference, then then you're able to understand a little bit of the, of the separation. Between Eretz Yisrael and the other lands. The same is true of the, the tzaddik and holy upright people in comparison to the other people of the world. Because the truth is, they seem similar with all their movements to all the other people in their forms and their images. They seem completely, they seem completely the same. You will not be able to tell the difference between a tzaddik and a rasha. In appearance and form. And there's actually no difference between, or separation in physicality, um, to anyone who sees with the eyes of his flesh. Meaning what? Anyone who just sees on the physical level, on the surface level, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between other people on the tzaddik, or Eretisan and other lands. But the truth is, nonetheless, you want to get to the truth of truths? Because we're not talking about the truth here. The truth is that it looks the same. But the truth of truth, meaning deep down, what is the ultimate, ultimate truth? We believe that they're completely different, separated. Um, it's completely separated. It's a separate idea entirely. Because an upright person is an entirely different subject. 
as you said above, Mikol Sheken and Tzadikim Amitim, all the more so the holy, upright, true Tzadikim. And this idea is needed very, very much for many different subjects. The Avenzimeot and understand this very well. Torah Kuf Yudzain. Rabbanu spoke regarding the confusion one experiences when he enters an even higher level and higher holiness. For example, whenever you attach yourself and you get drawn close to the true tzaddik, etc. Then immediately when he draws himself close to the true tzaddik, what happens to him? He, he experiences an impure mission. He starts to read Tikkun Akali and then night he first starts to read Tikkun Akali, he wakes up and he has an impure mission, God forbid, or something like this. And it's happened in many different stories. I've heard this from many different people. Um, it happened to someone close to me. It's something, it, it's incredible. And it's already brought, it's already explained this idea in a, in a different place. When a person enters holiness, strengthens himself even more so. Because every time a person enters a greater holiness, the more the Yetzara renews itself against him, from, then even more than what he started with. Look in Likutei Moran, first volume, lesson 72. And also um, at the end of lesson 25, Likutei Moran, um, 74 as well. And look in uh, volume 2, lesson 45 and 48. For these ideas. But the truth is, this confusion is entirely foolishness. Because no matter how we view the situation, if it happens to him because of an immoral thought, whose fault is it? And he has nothing to complain about. Because of the fact that he caused it to himself. But if it's not because of an immoral thought, then it's certainly not because of... Uh, for a bad sign at all. Because if it was certainly, if it was a bad idea, it would not, the Chachamim would not establish this sign of impure, a nocturnal omission. Would not have taken it as a good sign for an ill person. Because what do the Chachamim say? In the Gemara Brachot, page 57, that a nocturnal omission is a good sign for someone who's sick. So, the Chachamim would never dare to say that nocturnal emission is a good sign for someone sick if there wasn't a good point behind it whenever a person's entering holiness. And if it's in the case where it's because of your immoral thought, then you have no one to blame except for yourself. So there's no confusion at all. Either it's good or bad. And the truth is, on the contrary, because he's drawing close to great holiness, because of this, he has sent this test. Because anyone who makes himself righteous down below, it says in the Gemara that he is judged more strictly from above. They he make they make themselves they make the deen more righteous from above. Meaning what? That he has more judgment from upon from uh, from above. As it says, as it says in the verse in Tehillim chapter ninety, verse eleven, and as is your fear, so is your wrath. Page 8. Meaning what? The greater your fear, the more the deen comes, the more the wrath of Hashem comes down. This is why the 
When a person makes himself righteous and enters holiness, they are more strict with him. And they awaken upon him judgments and accusations. God forbid. And from this devolution of judgments comes the Yetzirah. It's brought down in Lesson 72 that we mentioned, that we talked about above. Therefore, he has nothing to complain about. That because of the fact he's entering such great holiness, because of this, he's provoked. Or the, he's provoked by the Yetzirah. From the devolution of judgments. Therefore, the Chachamim um, thought of it. The Chachamim thought, the Nez Gadol thought of this as a great miracle. They thought that whenever the Kohen Gadol um, would enter the Kodesh HaKadoshim on Yom Kippur, that the night of Yom Kippur, they thought it was a miracle that the Kohen Gadol did not experience a nocturnal emission. Why? Now we're going to understand why. In Pirkei Avot, sorry. The Chachamim said in Pirkei Avot, chapter 5 over there. That they thought it was a great miracle that if the Kohen Gadol did not experience a nocturnal emission in the night of Yom Kippur. Why? That because the Kohen Gadol entered, the great priest entered on Yom Kippur, the holiest day of the year, into such a high holiness, in the innermost sanctum, in the Kodesh HaKodashim, it's certain that he had tremendous Kitrugim provocations. Tremendous accusations from above. And from those accusations come the Yetzirah. They devolute into the Yetzirah. From the Yetzirah devolves from the Dinim, from the judgments. Therefore, was considered a great miracle that which the Kon Gadol was saved from an nocturnal emission on the night of Yom Kippur. And now, see and understand how it should confuse a person, this idea. How can this idea confuse a person? Does he have something to complain about over the fact that he did not have a miracle happen to him like the miracle that happened to him to the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur? Meaning, how can you even complain about such a thing? There's no confusion at all. Gamda, also no. Sometimes there's a hidden impurity in a person. There's hidden impurities within a person. Which is precluded from being rectified. It has no rectification at all, those impurities. Because of the fact that it's concealed and hidden within him. Therefore, it's very good when this happens to him, when he draws close to holiness, when he has an eternal remission. Because that impurity that was once hidden then releases itself. In that emission. Because then, when it goes out, it's able to find a rectification. Then beforehand, because beforehand it was hidden. So you did not know you even need to rectify that uh, that holy, that uh, that spark within that drop. Until it goes out, then you know you have to rectify it because it's revealed before you. And because of this reason, Rabbi was saying, this is the deep secret, the deep soul as to why Abraham gave birth to um, Yishmael before he gave birth to Yitzchak. 
That's it for today. And God willing, in two podcasts, we're going to finish the entire Sefer of Likut Mu'aran. So, kol akavot to everyone who's been sticking with it. And Bezrat Hashem, may we apply lesson to lesson. Hopefully, at the end, we're going to try to do some um, some uh, manuscripts, if we can. Bezrat uh, Hashem. Very long, so let's see if we, if we can do so. But Bezrat Hashem, nonetheless, we've come uh, a very long way.